A long time ago, the Earth fell into chaos and four brave explorers went out for a quest in search of secret jewels that would revive their land. They searched high and low for adventure, Whoa. culture, wow. history, Ooh, interesting. and food. Mm. And with each element, their people got happier, healthier, and more relaxed. Now, they bring their stories to you. Join them on their journey as they uncover these secrets buried in the annals of time on Lost and Found. This is a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead or actual event is purely coincidental. You do realize we are talking about actual places, right? Uh, oh. Catch Lost and Found on NUS Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Welcome back to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. I'm Ria. I'm Ting. I'm Ishani. And I'm Mavis. And thank you for tuning back to Lost and Found. So just to recap what we have gone through in the previous episode, we talked about online shops and adult and a lot of clickbaity content, if you remember. So we apologize for the blunder because it is our first time doing this online. So we are still getting used to um, the mechanism of things. But we do hope that you like and appreciate our recommendations for online shops and also naked kick shops. If you know, if you know, you know. Okay. And also... Uh, at the same time, we um did a poll. We, after our show, we did a poll on our favorite like online SG shops and activities and some of the responses. So thank you so much, viewers, for your responses. Some of the responses that we got were window shopping and some of the shops that we have were some like various form businesses. One example that I remember, if I saw it correctly, was this store called Woe Store, like Woe, like W-H-O-A-A dot store. And I did a little bit of search and it's apparently a store that sells really cute earrings, like um, those earrings that have tapau packets, chopsticks, the bread, the bread, like the expiry tag, those kind of quirky earrings. And so all these responses, thank you so much viewers for your responses. And um, moving on, alongside the poll, we also, um, cause now that we are back in um, restrictions we are still in restrictions so like the COVID cases these days have been very high if you guys remember <laughs> that the COVID cases are really very bad these few days so um, viewers please take care and um, stay safe and now on to our today's topic on to our topic for today so we are talking about NGOs because in this time and crisis of COVID and everything, I think NGOs is a really good topic to talk about. But what about you guys? What do you think about NGOs? Yeah, I think not just about NGOs, but also social enterprises. Because right now, a lot of social enterprises and small businesses might be suffering because of the COVID restrictions. With so many cases, um, we definitely want to stay safe so not everyone is comfortable going out all the time and we still need to find ways to support all of these social enterprises, NGOs and small businesses. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think before the restrictions, they relied a lot on public support and uh, nowadays with people generally just keeping their distance from one another, uh, I think NGOs 
uh, would have been one of the hardest hit. So uh, I guess we can use this platform to raise awareness about this um, predicament they find themselves in. Yeah, and I think they do a lot to help the bring the community together. And it's really good efforts considering, like everyone said, it's quite a distance. People are keeping their distance from one another. So they play quite an important role in integrating people into society and for a good cause as well. So yeah, it's definitely like with all these reasons, this is why we should be talking about NGOs. So um, regarding this topic on NGOs, do you guys have any um, topics or NGOs that you would like to share with the audience? So my one of my friends actually works at a social enterprise and it's called The Social Space. And this uh, social space is actually a socially conscious multi-concept store. And what that means is that it has it has multiple concepts. So it is a cafe, it's also a fair trade retail area, uh, retail store. And it also has a new salon at one of its branches, which is super cool to me. So it has two branches. One is at Marina One and the other one is at Chinatown. And one of the branches have a new salon. Uh, I haven't been to that one. I've only been to the other branch. So I think what's really great about this, the social uh, space is that on one hand, it's actually trying to provide a platform for individuals who face higher barriers to employment opportunities due to circumstances that they can't really control. But on the other hand, it is promoting a greater awareness for sustainability and more accessible, conscious living. So if you go to their store, they actually use all of these reusable materials. They don't give you any plastic straw, they use metal straws, and they have all of these very nice uh, wooden bowls and it's really great because if you go in there, you are supporting a great cause. So I visited the cafe once and I ate a smoothie bowl. It was super nice. And the food is super healthy. So yeah, they sell they sell a lot of healthy food. They sell smoothie bowls, toast, coffee, and tea, among other things. And they make all of their food fresh and on the spot. Oh, okay. Because when we were talking about the social space, it, at first I didn't, uh, didn't occur to me back then. But when you were talking about it, I realized that, oh, actually, I heard of the social space before. I actually been to the social space before quite a while back. And um, is I think it's the one in Chinatown. I went to the one at, yeah, it's in Chinatown area. And it was, the ambience is very nice, very aesthetic. And I when I went there, I saw a lot, lot of people studying as well. So um, students, if you want to go there to study, that's a very good spot as well. You're supporting a good cause and you are getting them grades. Yes. So, yeah. I went there and I saw the cafe. It's a really nice ambience. And there's also the small store as well, like Yun Ting mentioned, the small store that sells um, metal straws, environmentally friendly products, anything that is related to sustainable living. And I think, yeah, it's a really good cause to support, um, to support and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I went to the Marina one, uh, brunch and it has uh, the, the whole environment that is really nice the shop itself is really nice but even if you are walking around you just want to take a break the uh, the, the whole environment that is, is, is very nice and calming and uh, on the note of COVID so if you can't really go out and visit or you want to stay safe and just not leave, the, leave your house they actually offer island-wide delivery and they also have this um, refillery so they sell everyday household items they sell laundry powder air freshener and 
and dish dishwashing soap. So all of these uh, products that you need in your house, they sell it and they usually sell it, they, they source it from these uh, social, uh, these sustainable and ethically sourced um, areas. So you'll be supporting a really great cause and you can get it delivered to your house. So that's really nice, right? Yeah, that's so cool. And I heard about the Marina One outlet as well when I was doing research on the social space when I was searching up on it. Like, the Marina One outlet apparently has a sustainable fashion. Is that true? Like yeah, I think there's, so. There's a sustainable clothing section. So is the social space for every outlet, there are, there are different outlets, uh, different things that are unique to each outlet. For maybe the Chinatown one would be the nail salon. Then for the Marina One outlet, it will be sustainable fashion. So you must do... Be de- depending on your preferences, you can choose which social space outlet to visit. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone know any other social enterprises that we can visit or offer any delivery? Yes. Speaking of social enterprises, I have came across two others in my experience. One of them is called Professor Brown Cafe. I think it was quite popular back then. And it's still popular now. Basically, what it is, is a cafe that sort of integrates people who have disabilities or are excluded or disadvantaged in society and they give them work opportunities and they are the ones behind everything in the cafe. So the servers, the chefs, and they used to have an outlet at Novena Square, but it's no longer there anymore. I think it became Monster Curry, but they still have they still have outlets around Singapore. One of it is in, in the Enabling Village at Red Hill. If you haven't heard of the en- Enabling Village, it's basically a place for people with disabilities to go to. And yeah, and there's another one at Angokyo as well. And they also have another outlet in Pathlight School, which I think is pretty interesting. And the food is really good, by the way. It's it lives up to its standards and they are also available on GrabFood and Food Panda. So if you want to support them, go ahead and you won't regret it because the food is really nice. And another um, social enterprise that I've heard of was Pope Jai Thai. It's found in Skip. I've met the I've I've met the owner, I think. He came to my school before for a talk. And what that cafe does is that they also employ people with disabilities such as hearing disabilities or physical disabilities and what they do is they adapt their kitchen to suit their needs and so so a lot of their equipment are very different from the ones that we normally see in professional kitchens but they still it helps them work more efficiently and better and what they do is they sell Thai food and some of my friends went and they said that it's pretty authentic and it's pretty good so go and support them if you're around Skate or if you're at Orchard Road I think one interesting place I heard about I've never been there because I'm not a fan of like coffee and stuff but um, it's called Better Barista but the Better like doesn't have the second E okay, I don't know why I'm spelling it out anyway it's like it's a really interesting place because it's um it's working are quite similar to 18 Chefs. 18 Chefs hires like ex-convicts to uh, have a second chance and like work and stuff. But uh, Better Barista helps specifically marginalised women in Singapore. So women who uh, went through like um, abuse, even ex-convict women, uh, 
and just in general, marginalized women. And they provide a gainful employment for these women to practice latte art as well as uh, a lot of other arts related to like coffee making. And I think recently they also like expanded their brand to sort of teach coffee art as well. So it's become Better Barista Cafe and Academy. And I think I've always found latte art very interesting, but I don't drink any of that. So I, yeah, I never really considered going for it, but maybe after COVID, I would consider it. I think that's really interesting and it's really it's a really good way for female empowerment, especially in today's context. Because somehow I feel that women are the ones who generally get it worse. So at least there's an avenue for them to sort of experience and learn and grow and get empowered in the process of doing so. And I think that's a really good and solid cause. <laughs> I think I appreciate the fact that, uh, like, I'm not saying that, you know, that they should be biased more to females, but I think that females who have been marginalized, they require a specific, like, support group and they get that support better from other females who understand what they've been through. And so this entire initiative behind Better Barista, when I first heard about it, I was, I was like, not, uh, I mean, I was not as well-versed in issues as I am now, but now that I think about it, I realize that it's, it's really important and so definitely something worth checking out. On the topic about um, women empowerment, let's talk, I was thinking a bit of thrift shops because for thrift shops, I do not mean the curated vintage ones that are super expensive, that prices run in the 30s, 40s. It's more of those thrift shops you really go and and not the Lucky Plaza ones as well for those hipster kids. It's really the ones that are run by um, social enterprises really go down there and you sift through everything. And also at the same time, you're contributing a good cause. And what such store would be new to you is actually a thrift shop. I actually never been to it before, but I heard it's run by the Singapore Council of Women's Association uh, Organization. Singapore Council of Women's Organization or SEWO. So it's also run entirely by volunteers and their inventory is all um, pre-loved, donated products from the public. And I think this is a really like good form of like women empowerment. Like the proceeds will go to the organization and we can help to like, while we are maybe getting something that we want, we are also channeling our money to a good cause, like um, female empowerment. And I think that is really a good thing, a really um, great, great benefit of how um, these causes, these social enterprises can help to support all these causes for the marginalised communities in Singapore. So, yeah. I think that's so interesting because I've always wanted to go to a thrift shop but I haven't been to an actual thrift shop before, at least not in Singapore. And I think one thing that's really great about thrift shop is also how right now there's a lot of talk about fast fashion and its impacts on the environment, on society and it's really good to turn to these sources where we can, we can get we can get clothes and re- reuse and rewear them and not just throw everything away. So you're not just supporting environment, you're supporting women and all of these um good social causes all come together and it's really it's it's a good time to help help people right now. Yeah. On yeah. The top- oh, sorry. <laughs> I think on the topic of that, I think yeah, it's really good for uh, female empowerment and sustainability as well. And especially I think now because of the entire trend of thrifting, a lot of 
thrift shops are sort of profiteering of it and they're making things inaccessible to the people who thrifting are meant for because you know the entire culture of thrifting came out because people wanted to get clothes at affordable price but then now it became a trend and then the prices just skyrocket because like the demands for it higher and it became something that once again sort of make it inaccessible for the people who are who it was meant to be made for. So I think there's a really good cause that to support. On the topic of fast fashion and inaccessibility of vintage clothes, it's now fast fashion, it has become more accessible in a sense, unfortunately. But it's not wrong for fast fashion, like for people to consume fast fashion because some people really cannot afford um, thrifting and sustainability because it's a very, apparently it's a very expensive lifestyle to maintain. But the problem with fast fashion is it is okay, but to a point, only to a point of certain degree because I heard, I'm not so sure you guys seen, but I've seen a lot of people doing like $400, $500 hauls from Shine. And I think that is really um, off-putting and it really channels this like agenda of fast fashion that and environmental concerns that we, are, that we all want to avoid. So... Um, instead of contributing, if you have the money, just um, channel it to courses like thrifting, you're contributing to a good cause, you're saving the environment, like everyone has said, and just avoid this cycle of fast fashion. So yeah, um, oh my God, I keep saying yeah. But anyway, so we have come to, we have come to the end of the first talk set and now we are going for a break. In the meantime, when we come back, we'll be back to talk to you guys about more hidden gems. So see you guys. Welcome back to Lost and Found with Yun Ting, Rhea, Ishani, and myself, Mavis. So previously we were talking about social enterprises, thrift shops, and places where you can support social causes. And so as we're starting our second talk set, we are going to share with you about my favorite topic, food, food delivery, and takeaway. Now, uh, I'm going to... Shall I start the ball rolling with a few of the places that I have. Okay, yes, very excited and very passionate about this. So I found a few places that has pretty good delivery services. One of them is called Dota Bakery. Dota is spelled, well, it's daughter with a do. And what they do is, it's a mother-daughter duo. They started their business since Circuit Breaker. And... They sell, they sell lots of bakes. So they have mochi muffins, which is was a pretty novel concept because I've heard of mochi donuts, I've heard of mochi, but I never heard of mochi muffins. And they also sell cookies. And the two flavors that they have or are specialized in is chocolate and matcha. And I actually bought a box set for one of my friend's birthday and she said it was really good. And I mean... It looks really good as well. And considering that this has been a business that has started since Circuit Breaker, I think they're doing pretty well. And they also sell um, they also sell and deliver at a pretty affordable price compared to most cake delivery shops, which can go up to about like $10, $12. It's $8. And they also do a personalized gift card for, well, not gift card, like a personalized card for whoever they're delivering to. And I think it's, pretty nice especially for those who are 
fans of chocolate and fans of matcha, I think you would really enjoy this place. On the topic of food delivery and all these businesses, like similar to Dota Bakery, I have a story to share. To me, it's personally quite funny, okay? So my elder sister, um, cause she really likes Nutella tarts, so she wanted to order um, from an online store this packet of Nutella tarts, and she saw because teacher day, Teacher's Day is coming, so she found this deal. And so if the Teacher's Day deal is... I think a few boxes of Nutella tarts is quite affordable, like $10, $15, that kind of pricing. I'm not really very sure, but she told me, I got the teacher's day deal even though I'm not a teacher. <laughs> then I'm like, what? I was so confused. She was so sound with absolute confidence. Just get the teacher's day deal. It's so worthy. It's so good because it's so good. I'm willing to like lie. And then I was so shocked. I was like, I just thought it was a quite a funny story. So, um, listeners, if you would like to get better deals, maybe you can chip in on the Teacher's Day deals, even though you are not a teacher yourself. Or maybe Children's Day, you are not giving it to anyone. You just buy it for yourself. But treat yourself, guys. I don't know whether that's a happy or sad thing that she was passed on as a teacher. Like, they saw her and she was like, okay, you can have the Teacher's Day deal. <laughs> When the person came, when the delivery person came, the person looked quite skeptical when he when she saw my sister. But the thing is, my sister actually kind of is a teacher. She just said it's a very great area. She kind she teaches dance on the side in addition to a full time job. So that's why he said I'm technically a teacher, so I am entitled to the teachers' day deal. So yes, treat yourself, listeners, when you go to this online business. You don't have to be concerned or whether does the deal apply to me. Just think. It's worth it. I should just go for it. I think, I think right now a lot of food is quite expensive. So if you're getting delivery, if you if there is a way to get a discount, it's, it's, it helps. So yeah. And on the note of the daughter bakery, uh, I think it's so interesting because I've heard of, like, like you've mentioned, I've heard of all of these different mochi desserts. But I've never, like mochi muffin sounds so interesting because my idea of muffin is that it's kind of a bit heavy, maybe crumbly, and mochi is so like the, the the texture of mochi is so different from the of muffin. So that must be a very interesting contrast within the dessert itself. And for me, I I like desserts a lot, but I always just go to the same places. I'm always buying the same cakes and the same same donuts, and I don't really explore a lot of desserts. So that's something that I definitely have to check out. Speaking of interesting flavors, my second place that I have to recommend is Burn Ends Bakery. So I'm not sure if many of the listeners have heard, but there is a restaurant in Singapore called Burn Ends. And it's founded by a chef called Dave Pine. And it's located in Chinatown. It started off as a restaurant. And it's one of, it is ranked 59 on the 2021 San Pellegrino World's 50 Best Restaurants. And it even has a Michelin star. And it's 14 on the San Pellegrino Asia's best restaurant list. So they set up a bakery under the same name called Burn Ends Bakery. And they sell, they specialize in selling donuts, cookies, pastries, tarts, bread. They probably have it all. And their donut flavors are actually pretty interesting as well. So they have lemon meringue, they have coffee. And one of the flavors that really struck my eye was pandan flavored pandan donuts so it's stuffed with pandan filling 
And besides that, they also have the more traditional flavors like vanilla cream, plain, or cinnamons. And I think they have pretty good deals as well. Uh, they had they sell it in dozens, half dozens, and the price sort of varies. So it's sort of more worth getting it in a bigger amount or smaller amount. But you make your money's worth because it's pretty good, and the deals for delivery is also not bad as well. And I think it's a pretty interesting place to check out, especially for special occasions where you need to get stuff for parties or well, I mean that's if you have like if you get to have a party, you get to buy all these sort of large um quantities of bakeries from the bakes from the same place and for pretty good quality. I mean I trust a Michelin star restaurant to set up a bakery and then set up all the foods. I'm I'm pretty sure it tastes really good as well. I can feel the passion burning through me when maybe talks about this. It's so funny. I can really feel her passion for food like when she talks about all these bakeries. And I think it's really cool. But on the topic of Michelin star, I personally... um Okay, because for me, Michelin stars are very subjective. I'm not really very sure for you guys. But I feel like Michelin stars are very subjective things. But I'm not really sure it's because of my experience with a Michelin star restaurant so yeah I think it's really a subjective thing because I feel like Michelin star does not really say oh the food does not equate to the food being really nice and stuff like that but honestly I think we should just like disregard that misconception that you have if you ever like have the misconceptions about Michelin stars and just go and try our recommendations yeah don't don't go there cross as Michelin star go there because we recommended it and you have to trust us (laughs) Yeah, but I do have the same experience with Michelin star restaurants though. Not 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 all are good, but I trust Mavis' recommendation, especially because she's so passionate about it. Well, I think Michelin star adds to a sense of credibility by the firm, like the by the restaurant, whether they can provide good quality food and good quality service. And usually I can trust that their ideas and their concept of dishes are pretty novel and pretty new and innovative. For like for example, around the world, there's you know Hugh Allen who's 26 and he has his own restaurant, and there's you know besides the big names like Gordon Ramsay and stuff, there's a lot of places you can find even Singapore. I think recently Singapore had this restaurant called Odette, and I think they're number eight in the world or eight in Asia, and their the dish concepts are pretty interesting as well. And so yeah, I think. Michelin star restaurants are pretty good experience. I mean, it's not the same for everyone. It depends on, you know, just the waiters and the whole experience. But for mine, it has been pretty good. I haven't had a bad experience at a Michelin star restaurant yet. So my hopes are <laughs> still, <laughs> still intact that they'll have good food. I think I agree, like, um, on the subject of Michelin stars being um, subjective because uh, well as a vegetarian right um, there's been a lot of fancy restaurants overseas and also in Singapore where we've not been able to get a lot of choices to, to choose from um, <clears throat> we left with maybe one to two dishes that we want to try so I guess that's where the subjective element comes in depending on people's different dietary requirements and things like that so uh, uh, we don't really when my family and I are choosing places to uh, eat at, we don't really consider like the Michelin stars rating. We usually just look at the cuisine and then um, go to eat it. So 
one of the cuisines that we recently ate, uh, recently tried their food, right, was um, Go Pizza. I don't know if you guys know about Go Pizza, but it's like, oh, wow, it's amazing. So traditionally, your pizza comes in a round uh, shape, right? But in Go Pizza, they have this unique shape. It's like, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. You know, like a pill, a pill, like, like this shape, like a pill. Yeah, that's how the Go Pizza pizza is shaped and and the slices are like every slice you get the crust on both sides which I think it was really cool and it was really nice as well there's a lot of vegetarian choices and there's a lot of vegan options as well um and their side dishes are also like really good so I highly recommend Go Pizza it's at Suntech City it's at Tampanese One it's a, at a, a bunch of other places but I only know Tampanese One and Suntech City I think the unique thing about this is they use a very different kind of oven than traditional pizza oven so one of the main ovens they use is like the well the industrial oven the big one then another one that they use is a stone uh, fireplace but Go Pizza they don't use any of these the one they use is called a govern, okay, a G-O-V-E-N. And basically the pizza is placed in the center of this dome-shaped oven and it's uh, rotated. Yeah, so it rotates on that turning uh, platform. Uh, so it's baked like from all sides and in three minutes it's done in the govern. So, and it's really nice. So uh, I, I think Go Pizza is a... I asked a lot of people and they don't know about it. And so I think you should definitely try it out. Oh, they offer delivery as well. So, yeah. Maybe for one of our subsequent episodes, we can talk about pizza. Just pizza. Uh, no problem. No problem. <laughs> there are a few like really good brands and there's always a debate, you know, Domino's or Pizza Hut and stuff like that. But you know, when you mentioned the increase of vegetarian or vegan restaurants, actually... I've heard of restaurants around the world that offer vegetarian options. For example, Daigo in Japan that has two Michelin stars. And also, I read that recently in France, I'm trying to find the name of it, but in France, there was a place that was the first vegan restaurant in to get a Michelin star. Well, in France, that is. So, oh, I found the name. Okay, so it's called Ona. And it's completely vegan. And it became the first in France to get Michelin star. And it's a vegan restaurant as well. So around the world, there's a lot of options for people. But I've yet to find one in Singapore. So, you know, if anyone has heard of any, please let us know. And maybe we can find the money to go there. Maybe like each of us chip in and we all share like the little tiny portions. Everyone has a bite or something. We'll figure it out. If I ever travel, I will go to the vegan restaurants. Although when I go overseas, I usually just eat pizza and pasta. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those kind of tourists. I um, I only eat stuff I'm comfortable with. But my family is very adventurous. They will try like the the local cuisine there. So even, you know, those um those Singapore famous foods like laksa and uh, uh well laksa uh and rojak and rojak, my family like loves it, but <laughs> I don't eat <laughs> Yeah. I think your recommendation, the go pizza, I think that's quite a very interesting recommendation. And I definitely feel it was better than your pasta mania <laughs> recommendation. Can you stop? I will keep bringing it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> because I'll keep bringing back to Honyu if you bring anything related to pasta, pizza, anything in the Italian category. <laughs> yes. You know, pasta really, oh my god, it's actually really nice. It's, it's comfort food for me. It has the same energy as people who say Saizera is their favorite Italian food restaurant. Saizera <laughs> is nice, but I thought mass produced Italian food for four dollars. You give you make me pay four dollars for a pasta. I don't believe you. What is it made out of? But not gonna lie, it's cheap thrills if you go with a large group of friends. That's very true. See, very good for things. Saizera is okay, like, to go once in a while. But, you know, my most famous, my most favourite haunt is Pasta Mania. <laughs> I think, uh, speaking on the topic of sort of, like, inclusive and stuff, I have one last place. I'm going to make this one quick because I think we're running short of time. So, it's called Fluff Bakery. It's a halal bakery that has cupcakes and muffins. So if you're willing to try that, it's pretty awesome. I've had one myself. I had a red velvet Nutella flavor. And it was better than most cupcake places that I've ever been to. And it's moist and it's fluffy. And they have other flavors as well. And they rotate their flavors. So if you want to look for something new to try, you can try that. Yes, and it's really good. So you won't, you won't regret it. Uh, and oh, and another thing is they have pretty good deals on, you know, the pricing of how many you buy and stuff like that. So yes, we gave you a lot of places with good delivery, good foods to try. And as we move on to our next segment, we are going to have a very special surprise for the viewers. If you tune in to next week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So stay tuned for more and we'll see you after our break. Welcome back to Lost and Found. So before the break, we were talking about some very interesting uh, places that you can get food delivery from. And one thing that's, re- that's going to be very exciting next week is that we're going to have a special guest on Lost and Found next week. So stay tuned towards the end of our episode to find out who they are. In the meantime, one of the biggest trends right now is the Dalgona treat that was featured in Squid Game. So if you see on Instagram, a lot of people are making it and they're trying out the game for themselves. So that's, that's, that's really interesting. And what's so interesting about the Dalgona tree is that it's just made of two different ingredients, right? Yeah, I think one main component is sugar. Sugar and, and bicarbonate soda. Ah, yeah. yeah, and they will like heat it over the flame, then in like a little spoon or little, and then they'll just stir. And then, I actually have a pretty interesting story about this. Which is that when I went to Korea a few years ago, there were many of these aunties on the street selling this and I never see anyone buy it. So I didn't know that the culture around the Dalgona cookies was such a big deal because no one ever stops to buy the cookies from these aunties by the streets. And I always feel so bad because I was like, what was happening? Like, why isn't anyone buying? But I've tried it and I was like, okay, this is pretty good. Why isn't why isn't people buying more? And then, so I felt like this whole Squid Game thing definitely revived it in a sense because when I went there, it wasn't like a very big thing. Like, there was no long queue for it or anything. So it's, I was really happy to see that, you know, through this film, through this show, sort of like the culture is being revived and it was very interesting to see 
Wait, is this like this Delgona thing? <laughs> Wait, I'm really behind on all this. Um, is it the same thing as when in quarantine, a lot of my friends started making Delgona coffee and lotus biscuit? Is it that thing? No. <laughs> no, it's entirely wrong, Shani. <laughs> it's a it's a melted candy that has been made into a cookie. I think before I was like before I was talking about this whole story, I think Bea was sharing a bit more about uh how it was made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just like they will put heat up sugar in the bicarbonate soda with a ladle and then they'll stir and when it's still soft, they will like flatten it and they will add a shape and the shape is very um common in like Korea. These vendors, they put the shape and that's how the concept for Squid Game came about. Like you had to cut out the shape without breaking it. Okay, that's a bit too much, but yeah. And that's the cookie. Yeah, that's the cookie, the Dalgona coffee. Coffee. Cookie. Whereas Delgona coffee is sugar, coffee, you just mix it together along with hot water. And the reason why it's called Delgona is because of the consistency. It has nothing to do with the cookie. But that's just our opinion. Oh, okay. I think one way that many people have been trying to sort of curb the bottom from home under all these, you know, work from home situations is that they try a lot of new food trends and recipes and there are plenty on TikTok I've seen and there's plenty on Instagram as well. So I was thinking that we could just share some interesting recipes that we've come across or, you know, ideas and food ideas that you've seen around. So as a avid baker and occasional chef, I rely on two main websites for recipes particularly Asian recipes because for more of those French Western Italian food I have like various sources for that but for Asian food there's two that I like to introduce to people it's called one is called Healthy Nibbles by Lisa Lin and she has lots of interesting recipes especially dim sum recipes if you love dim sum she has really good recipes on how to make those you know, staple dim sum food. And she also has breakfast foods and dumplings and she has options for sort of gluten-free options as well. So for someone who's allergic to wheat and, you know, gluten softness, find that I usually refer to this one and they have soup, porridge and tofu. And another one that I like to introduce is called Omnivore's Cookbook by Maggie Jo. And she has a lot of these traditional, more homey kind of Chinese food. So, you know, you have the sesame beef, Chinese soup, glazed chicken. And she also has kimbap recipes as well. So those who like Korean food can refer to that. And she also has different options for different dietary requirements. So she has gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, non-dairy, diabetic-friendly, and also low-carb. So if you want to cook a meal for everybody, you can definitely refer to this one. And she also has all those traditional dessert flavors as well, like sesame paste and red bean, the red bean pals as well. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. And I think it's very cool that they have a lot of considerations for other people who have different dietary styles and needs. 
I think that's like super cool that there are so many recipes online because yeah, I definitely seen a lot of Western recipes, but I rarely seen Asian recipes most of the time. But on the topic of Western recipes, like even though I don't cook, I'll just put it out there, I don't cook at all. And that is quite sad. Other than Maggie Mia, I don't cook. But I seen a lot of recipes for Western um food on TikTok. And there's this TikTok um user that I found. Her name is Gabrielle Willen. She's American, but and her TikTok is mostly creating a food that is shown in Disney movies. So like Ratatouille, then um, in The Princess and the Frog, there's this like dish called gumbo. She like re- recreates it to like recreates it to a certain extent. And it's like thing is so cool because it's like it's really show as if it's like the one in the movie. Like you get to taste it, you get to make it yourself and taste it. And like really think to yourself, like, oh, so this is how the characters will taste. And this is what the characters were eating in the movie. And I think that's a really super cool um, thing that people can check out. So if you're really a big fan of Disney, you want to recreate the food, you want to try the food for yourself, I think you can check out this TikTok um, user at Gabrielle Williams on TikTok. Yes. And also because she is allergic to seafood and, because, and some of the cuisine is um kind of like accommodated to seafood in the film, she kind of adapted it so that it will help to feed seafood allergies and stuff like that. Yeah. I think there was a series similar to this that was once on BuzzFeed Tasty by Inga Lam. So she used to do this as well. And I think more recently she recreated a dish from MasterChef contestant Reynard Poor, where she sort of like recreate as the star of the is it called a snitch from Harry Potter, the golden Yes, 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 yes. Yes. She recreated that, which was his dish, which he said he used in the MasterChef Australia competition in season 12. So that's pretty fun. And speaking of why we are speaking of recipes, it's because one of our guests that's coming in next week has a food blog. So you might know her by her Instagram handle at an affair with food. And on her website, if you check out her blog, she does a lot of, so she shares a lot about food and travel in Singapore, lifestyle habits and various food guides. And she also has a segment that is about recipes. And she will be our guest next week. So I think you guys will be very excited. And I think we as hosts will be very excited to meet her as well. Yeah, so definitely tune in next week because it'll be really exciting to hear about how she started all of these and how she's how, how she's uh, maybe coping with the pandemic as well and changing her food blog to, to this whole situation. So I'll definitely be very interested to hear about some recipes, even though at home, my mom cooks without a recipe. So she's a very typical... Um, those you know, old-style Asian uh, cooks who who go by the feeling and the touch. Yeah, so definitely tune in next, next week. So uh, next week, we're going to have our guests and a fair with food, and it will be really interesting. It'll be really fun. And thank you so much for tuning into Lost and Found on Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. See you guys next week, and remember to stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye.